Hi Silkies, my name is Kay Jane, and you are now listening to The Silkspiration. I hope that this second episode finds you well. You know, with the recent news of the increase in suicides, I just want to take a moment to pause and send love and light to anyone listening to my voice right now. I want you to know that you are loved, you are needed, you are important, you matter. It sounds super cliche, but this is honestly coming from my heart. And if you ever need to talk, you can always DM me. And we can have a good kiki because one thing I love to do is kiki with folks about reality TV, music, um, anything. So please just know that if you have no one else to turn to, you have a friend in me, honestly. On today's episode of The Silkspiration, we will be talking about the art of pivoting. I'm really excited because I have my media homegirls, my media besties, you know, We met years ago um, at my first job in media. We've been friends since. We talk every single day, like in between lunch breaks, kikiing about our workday. It's just so refreshing to have a support group and a celebration circle in this industry. And I'm so happy that they're joining me so that we can discuss the art of pivoting and they'll share some of their amazing career journey with you. And it's just a fun conversation. Um, Essentially, you are getting a glimpse of what our group chat is like, you know, whether it's our Instagram chat where we send memes to each other or our iPhone chat. So it's a great convo. I cannot wait for you to get into it. So let me share some background information about myself because a lot of my listeners are not familiar with who I am. You may be familiar with Kay Jane and like what I share on social media, but you don't really know Kayla and I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm just saying like you only see what I share. So I personally think social media is a highlight reel. So people are only sharing their ups. They don't share their downs. You don't know their backstory. Your favorite influencer may be an influencer by day and have another job, a nine to 10 or working a night job just to pay the bills. So um, you never know anyone's journey. You cannot compare your story to, to their success story. So I'll get into a little bit about my background. We'll bring the girls in. And I'm really excited because on this episode, I'm introducing a question that I will ask every single guest on my podcast. When did you first fall in love with the idea of love? Very, very excited about that. And I can't wait to see how my guests will just answer that question because I think love, career, and social experiences go hand in hand. This question comes from one of my favorite movies, Brown Sugar. You know, in the movie, when they're talking about love, they're talking about hip-hop. Hip-hop is love. That's what love is to them. So for me, I first fell in love with the idea of love after I watched that movie. So cliche, you know, like, and I come from a two-parent household. Like, you know, my parents were married. Like, I saw love. But it was something about that movie and music. Like my dad, one of his side hustles was DJing. So I used to go to the parties with him, old school DJing. So like we're carrying crates and I've always been a lover of music. So for me, music is my love language. Vinyls are my love language. I'll never forget when I heard Common and he said, I met this girl when I was 10 years old. 
and what I love most, she had so much soul. She was old school and I was just a shorty, never knew throughout my life she would be there for me on a regular. Not a church girl, she was secular. <laughs> like, I love that movie so much. So for me, I know that I found my person when I love you as much as I love my vinyls. It's a different feeling that I get when I get off work and put on Anita Baker, Shaka Khan, Earth, Wind & Fire, Adele. So... That's what my idea of love is to me. Love is vinyls. Love is music. Now I'll take you back down memory lane. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I will share some of my background, you know, like where did I go to school? My career journey, like in the earlier years, because a lot of people may have only started like following my career journey within the last few years in media. But listen, I've worked in retail, education, technology, now media advertising. I have one hell of a story when it comes to pivoting. So that's what I'll be sharing today. So let's start with high school. I am a graduate of Franklin High. Shout out to F-Town. Shout out to all my warriors listening. And, you know, I was one of those kids that if I saw interest in a subject, I did very good. If it was hard, I shut down. And that's what happened. Math was always my hardest subject. I had a teacher who didn't necessarily take the time to get to the root of the problem. So I was a class clown. And if y'all know me, you know I'm hilarious. Like, I'm very funny. So you know the type of kiki we had in that um, geometry class. <laughs> But honestly, she ended up telling me that I wouldn't go far in life. And it's certain things that you can't tell children because it sticks with them. And that's what happened in my case. I will write about her in a rap song. And if y'all don't know, I am a rapper in my free time. I go by K-Dub. I have baby bars like Silk. <laughs> no, but I'm true to this, not new to this. I've been rapping way before Issa. Um, anyway... That's my Virgo brain getting off subject. I used to always tell my friends, like, when I'm famous, I will blast her. So I'm not famous yet, but this is my own platform. And I would be remiss if I didn't bring that up because it definitely bothered me. And I just would like to say thank you because it sparked something in me. Oh, I also want to take this time to thank all of my mentors, high school counselors, teachers, all of, all of the ones that really believed in me. Because although I had one negative experience, I had so many amazing role models and mentors in my life that poured into me professionally, personally. So thank you. The year is 2012 and your girl is in Charlotte beefing it up. Beefing it up, hitting that dun-dun-dun, all the country stuff that the kids do down south I was doing. <laughs> So my freshman year, I went to Johnson & Wells in Charlotte. I had never been to Charlotte. Weird. My mom and I flew down for preview day, like one day, toward Queen City, if you're not familiar, uptown Queen City. That's like the heart of Charlotte. That's the city part. And that's where the campus is located. I thought it was great. I'm like, I still get a city vibe, even though I'm down south. So I committed that day started my housing application 
And while I was in Charlotte, I met some great people, me and my college bestie. We still talk a bunch of times, like that's not my homegirl. And it just was a lot though. I was far away from home. I have a big family. Everyone knows like we always having parties. We're doing so much. And while I was in school, they started like Sunday dinners every single Sunday. They were having like dinner and game nights. So I was having complete FOMO. And it was hard adjusting to Charlotte. It was very different. Like I'm from Jersey. Like we're, it's it's just two different worlds. So I decided to come home. And I transferred to Johnson & Wells Providence. So I'm a graduate of the Providence campus. I finished my degree in three years. I have a BS in fashion merchandising retail marketing. I walked May 2015. June 2015, I hopped on a plane to study abroad at Paris Fashion Institute. And this is a shameless plug for one of my raps. Years ago, when Drake dropped that Meek Mill back-to-back freestyle, I wrote one. So I'll give y'all a little exclusive into K-Dub. This is an exclusive. No one has ever heard this before. I said, I learned the game from Mickey Williams. You can never check me. Back to back for my people that didn't get the message. Back to back, I'm backpacking. I'm on a plane. Oh, I done messed up my own rap. I'm not going to edit that part out because, see, Rego brain. I think I said, this is what I said. Back to back, commencement, summer 15 in Paris. All right, ciao. Clearly, K-Dub has to brush up on her skills. But long story long, went to Paris, studied abroad. I learned everything from production, placement, sourcing, design, marketing. We learned every aspect of the fashion industry. So when I came home, I just knew I would get a job on Fifth Ave. I would be a buyer, um, at least a coordinator. And I had so many interviews. Nothing worked out. So my first job post-grad was in retail at Saks Fifth Ave. I met some amazing people that I'm still friends with to this day. However, working retail full-time wasn't for me. And my homegirl worked at a tech company. And she was like, girl, you should come over here. You know, you'll have a salary now. So I went from hourly to a salary employee, you know, young. I was like 20, 21. So you couldn't tell me anything. I'm like, yes, I'm about to have PTO, a salary. You know, this is going to be great. So I didn't know anything about servers, data centers, computers, Microsoft software, nothing. But that's what I was selling into schools and police departments in New Hampshire at that. Like, we could get into that later because those people were mean to me was hard doing that job. It was like one of those code calling cell jobs where you had like a, a prospect list and you had to call every day. You had to hit a certain number of calls. But, you know, you know me, per usual, I'm going I'm going to excel in whatever I do. Let's be very clear. Um, you know, not to toot my own horn, but if you don't, who will? Beep, beep. I was rookie of the year, top producer, saw great success. But after two years, I had to sit down and really have a hard conversation with myself. I was unfulfilled. I wasn't happy. And I met some, um, per usual, like everywhere I go, I meet amazing coworkers that turn out to be my friends for life. And similar, you know, had some amazing friends while working there. 
and it was fun. Listen, that job felt like college 2.0. You know, when you work a tech job, you get like a bunch of swag from the company. So like I used to have a bunch of like Lenovo, Microsoft swag, Google swag. We're playing ping pong during our lunch break. <laughs> like it was a lot of fun outside of all those calls we had to do every day. But I just knew I wanted more. And I, at the time, didn't want to give up on my fashion dreams. So I was very involved in a nonprofit in Newark, New Jersey. And through that nonprofit, I was able to get a job as a paraprofessional in one of the school districts within Newark. And it was great because that was that's my passion. I love kids. I love working with kids. So outside of what I like to do for my professional career, I always enjoyed volunteering, helping children, you know, being that advocate that I think I needed when I was a kid, you know, that cheerleader. So I really enjoyed working at the school. You know, I've always loved children. So it was a lot of fun. And I also had a lot of free time and flexibility to volunteer and go to professional development courses at like Google. They had um, at one point they were offering free Grow With Me Google professional development courses. So I was going into the city after work, taking those professional development courses, because one thing you should always do is continue to master your craft. Whether you are working a job that's not directly related to the field you would like to be in, continue to grow that skill. So I was doing that. I was also volunteering at fashion events. I also had to get a second job because I took a huge pay cut so that I can have this gap year of figuring out what Kayla wanted. You know, fashion didn't work out, but what else could you do? I'm a quick learner, so I knew that All I needed was somebody to give me a shot. And in the midst of doing that, I took this job where I made $110 a day. So although I had a lot of free time to work on my craft and go to personal development courses, I also had to get a second job. So I was working nights at Neiman Marcus because it was a huge pay difference in what I was making in tech to what I left tech for. However, I don't regret it. So one of the staff members approached me with an opportunity to become a second grade teacher. I was excited because I was enjoying working with the children, went through the um, vigorous interview process, and I was offered a full-time teaching position as a second grade teacher. I accepted. Within the ninth hour, I received an email from my former boss They were starting a new department at a dream company that I had applied to in the past six times. And she saw my resume on file and she believed that my customer service skill set would be beneficial to the department in the role that they were starting. The rest was history. I remember going back and forth with myself about my decision to resign from the teaching position and accept the dream job offer. And at first... I said no because the kids are excited. I, you know, I'm excited to finally get into a classroom and, you know, teach them and really be that advocate and the cheerleader that children need. But then I thought about it and I said, kids deserve to see someone living in their dream. They deserve to see someone who had a dream at the age that they're at. Because when I was that age, I used to write my name in mass heads. I always collected black magazines. So when I had the opportunity to work at this publishing company 
it was a dream come true. And I accepted because I felt like I owe it to people, children, adults, whatever age you are. If you have a dream, your dream is valid. Your dream can come true. Don't let the dream killers kill your self-esteem, as you know, you say. But honestly, pursue your dreams. Go after your dreams. And when they come knocking, be willing to do the work and and accept the role, whether you're going to be out of your comfort zone, be adaptable because you can always learn. This brings me to my next subject. If you don't lie on your resume, stop it. Listen, I don't know who needs to hear this. Lie. L-I-E. Fabricate. Tell a story. Exaggerate. Let me tell you something. I had that I was advanced in Excel. Now, don't get me wrong. I had to take computer classes in high school. And then when I went to college, I did have to take two levels of Excel. Child, you do what you have to do to get through them courses. I wasn't checking for Excel. I didn't think that would really apply to me in the real world. Okay, boom. I get the job. My resume said I'm advanced in Excel. Here we are. It's time to do some formulas, create a pivot table, add in a shortcut, and I don't know what to do. (laughs) Nonetheless, I had a boss who believed in me and invested in me. Instead of, you know, being upset, she sent me to Excel class. I ended up having to take three Excel courses and I learned. So my thing is be willing to learn so that you can back up that lie. But sometimes you have to exaggerate your skill set and your capabilities so that you can get the roles. Because there's a lot of people out here who are not qualified to do what they do. But they believed in themselves. And they lied on their resume. So don't lie for not willing to do the work and back it up. Because we're going to get into that a little later. It's a lot of lazy people. A lot of younger people are feeling a sense of entitlement. They think the degree is enough. They don't want to intern. They don't want to volunteer. They don't want to do the work, to be quite honest. And it's no no real secret to success, you know? You can't take the elevator. If you want longevity in your career and within your field, you have to do the work. You have to take the time to always be willing to learn understand a different perspective and be adaptable that's how you'll pivot that's how you'll become an asset to any company so initially i had so many amazing segments recorded and mercury is in retrograde and i lost a lot of audio from my first recording for this episode so what you what you've heard is a scaled back version of all the amazing gems I dropped. But I still hope that you were able to walk away with something. I hope that you are inspired. I hope that this episode really inspires you to go after that dream that you've been sitting on. Dust it off. Get with it. It can still happen as long as you're still breathing. So now I'm really excited to welcome my media besties, my homegirls, to join us. Now I welcome you to the Silkspiration. 
Thank you for joining me. And I'm really excited to talk about the art of pivoting and how we've all been able to see so much success within such a short amount of time, honestly, within our career. And I think one thing that I touched on earlier in the first half of the show was that like, we are willing to do the work. So that's why we've seen great success. You can go around and just introduce yourself. I would like my listeners to get an understanding of everyone's voice so that throughout the episode, they can understand who's speaking and the different views that we all have on this subject of pivoting. So Sarah, do you wanna go first? Hi, I'm Sarah. Um, The only thing really about me is I'm a digital specialist. Um, I'm Trinidadian and I really rep that to the death of me, but I'm also from Queens. So that's pretty much it. That's me. Queens in the house. Sarah is also that girl. Okay, let's be very (laughs) clear. When it comes to this industry, she is like poised, polished, one of the best people I've ever worked with among everyone else on this call is also. Um, So Steph? Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. Um, I'd like to call myself a digital media maven. Um, I don't think anybody could tell me about myself in this industry. I've earned my stripes. I've went through trials and trials by fire, and I always came out on top. Um, I'm a Brooklyn girl born and raised. Maybe that's why I feel like I'm made out of steel in this industry. Um, I also rep BGM heavy, very heavy on the Black Girl Magic. Um, and just representing Black girls in media. There's not a lot of us out there. So we, we really got to rep for each other. Steph, your intros are always so good. Her intros are too <laughs> good for Like, please, intro that. Bro, next episode, Steph's writing all our intros. You know what? She's always like the queen of headlines and hashtags because between you, between you and Sarah, you're always writing the card hashtag. You guys are always writing the messages. I'm the writer. Like, I can write it. Steph can speak it. Right. She, like it's just so good she just comes out with it well thank you you guys are really bigging me up (laughs) (laughs) um and last but not least we have lee hi y'all i'm lee i am also in media i work in a global role um addressable media so you know advertising across all fronts tv uh out of home digital you you name it we do it um I'm just so stoked to be here. Uh, These ladies have taught me about myself, about the world, opened my eyes. They have been my support. Um, I feel blessed every single day that I have met them and talked to them every day. And you guys are amazing women that build up other women and support other women and just super stoked to be here. Yes. And from now on, we will address you as globally. I'm not sure. <laughs> globally. Yeah. Global director. <laughs> yeah, Let's director. Director. Like you're a whole director in these streets. A whole director. <laughs> Don't be humble. <laughs> I wanted you ladies on the podcast is because A, we talk like every day. Like whether it's our group chat and text message or Instagram, we're always kicking in about reality TV about careers, you know, supporting each other through um, interviews and just really like, just being a, a support group that's needed in this media industry. 
because it's a dog eat dog world. And unfortunately, I had to learn the hard way. Like this is not a tough industry. Um, a tough, it is tough. This is not an easy industry to be in. And I think once you find a group of women who are supportive, you have to really make sure you stick together because that's how you'll be able to navigate within your career. And that's how you make these relevant friendships that can last throughout your journey. So I think I want to start off with the concept that, you know, young people think the degree is enough. I touched on this earlier. And when I say that I'm not bashing anyone, I'm not trying to come off as if I know everything or if I'm the hottest girl in the game. I think I am, but I'm not mm-hmm. trying to come off like super cocky or anything because it's still a lot that I can learn and I'm always willing to learn. But I think that's the disconnect between, you know, myself and some of us that are like the older millennials compared to the younger ones. Who are you talking about, Kayla? I do, but honestly, I feel like they're super lazy, to be quite honest. Like even mm-hmm. some people that I talk to, you know, younger people just trying to help them navigate their career journeys and internships and I just feel like they they don't want to do the work they're like intern for free uh-uh. and I'm like we all had to do it at some point like you were interning you had to get another job that could pay your bills while you worked for free if you weren't able to intern you know like myself I would volunteer like fashion week for free for 12 14 hours a day you barely get a meal so like I just think that it's a disconnect between like older millennials and younger millennials. So how do you ladies feel about that? I mean, I can, I can start really quick because I the first thing that I think about is we have this conversation. I, wouldn't, I don't want to say daily, but I think we have it very often because we all kind of came into media around, well, at least me, Stefan, Kayla, Lee, you are an OG. You really <laughs> taught us a lot. That's, that's why I thought Kayla was referring to me as the older millennial there. I was like, <laughs> oh, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who are you talking about? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I, Kayla, Kayla, I will wear the badge with pride, okay? <laughs> Wait, so I thought you were talking about a specific person, and I was like, please don't say me. No, no, no. I'm also referencing our conversation earlier t- today when I intro or was it yesterday when I, I uh, named off every member of the babysitters club and I think only <laughs> Stephanie knew what I was talking about so <laughs> yeah, babysitter club that went up <laughs> yeah, I was like I don't know <laughs> anyway sorry Sarah <laughs> no I was just saying that um I don't know what I was saying now I already ruined the podcast. We have often. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, this is good. This is good oh, that we all came in the industry at the same time, like relatively around the same time, and we didn't know a lot about digital media at all. Like, I remember telling my sister, "Like, yeah, I'm gonna be doing like project management for ads. I don't really know what that means. Don't question me. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just gonna figure it out." And that's kind of mm-hmm. how I went in. And then we all kind of like, I was like, Kayla, do you know what you're doing? She was like, no, but I'm going to fake it. And we both looked at each other and we're like, okay. So and we always had each other's back. And that was such a big deal. And I think that's what made us like have the relationship that we had, but also make us like, that's how come we're in these positions right now. And we're able to pivot and we're able to go to other companies and people are talking about us, good or bad, 
Mm-hmm. It's all and, because we did this. Right. And like, here's the thing too. I don't think people really understand. Like when people be like, start from the bottom, start from the bottom. I think a lot of times people just see you quickly grow mm-hmm. through your career or climb up the corporate ladder. And they're like, oh, she must be lucky. She No, let's be clear. We put in the work because mm-hmm. our first job in media was hard okay like we had to learn everything we set the blueprint we had to we created what people who after us we passed down a manual like you know what I'm saying like we started something that was able to be passed down and it became a a structure and it became a part of their process Mm -hmm. so we had no process we also were creating and implementing a process while learning the industry and learning the game like, we didn't know analytics. I didn't know how to pull a GAM report. I didn't know how to read a GAM report. I knew nothing about Parsley. I didn't understand podcasts. Like, we learned all of this while still setting up a process and an internal system that is now used and in place. So, like, I want to just put emphasis on the fact that, yes, we were new to this industry, but while learning, we also created a process that worked for us, and that has been passed down in the company for the department for many years to come. Yes, please tell them. Let them know that <laughs> yeah, because I feel like- it was not easy for us. We literally would walk into boardrooms and people would laugh at us. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, Here they come. Don't Here forget they come. when yeah. you don't forget when you were told that you didn't deserve a seat at the table. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Oh. Was- <laughs> oh, there we go. You know, I mean, it, was, it, it was hard. And I think people only see that's why for me personally, you know, to some people they may think like I overshare on social undershare social media is like terrible i'm happy i grew up in an era where like we didn't really have it it was new to us so we were on social media but not as much and i feel like the younger generation they see people who are influencers who's making you know all this money living this glamorous life and then like behind the scenes these same people are like working at post offices like working at target like you don't know the behind the scenes of people's life you only see what they show you social media is a highlight reel people only show the ups and like the good moments so I feel like for me personally I've always tried to be like super honest you know even when I had two jobs stuff like that so when people are like oh girl you so lucky another one you just keep getting them jobs you lucky how you do this work okay let's Mm -hmm. be clear it's Mm -hmm. a lot of hard work I like literally put the time to invest in my career whether it's like from a professional development standpoint or like even within the in the role. And I think we all do a great job of just like keeping up with trends when it comes to our industry, making sure we're like understanding the patterns in which technology and digital is going because that's important too. When you're in this digital industry, I feel like you have to stay up to date with the current trends because if not, you're doing yourself a disservice because you're not constantly learning so that you can be mm-hmm. adaptable within your role. But but let's just talk about that. It didn't matter whether you were a teacher or whether you're doing media, you still knew the trends. And that's the big mm-hmm. difference between these mm-hmm. like, we don't, I don't want to say kids, but like the different generation or like this different mentality is really like whether I was selling soap, I'm going to sell you the best damn soap. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> like you wouldn't even know you just wanted to talk to me, you wanted to be engaged with me because I put my all into it. And I think that's what I think that's really the key message of all of us is that if I was selling you soap, I was selling you diffuser, or if I am selling you media ads, 
Yeah. You the upsell engaged. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to upsell yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good part. Oh, I one. love that. That's a, that 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 will be a quote for social media. You have to, <laughs> you have to somebody somebody write that down. So I have, to, <laughs> have to make a Canva post about that one. But um, you also have to think too. Like, I I feel like I'm not a good upsell. Like, I can't intro myself for nothing. So, when, Kayla, when you said that, intro yourself. No, I can't do it. I just kind of like do the work. So it's okay to still be like a person that can't do all of it, you know, but you yes. can do some But of recognize, it. you recognize your strength though, Sarah. Strength. And that's number one. Like you, you just said my strength and, you know, Kayla's strength versus Stephanie's strength versus Lee's mm-hmm. strength. And like, that's number one right there. You can look in the mirror and see who you are. You're confident in that you are upselling yourself right there. Yeah. Aww, thanks. Mm-hmm. thanks. Because that. sometimes you're working for itself. <laughs> Seriously, you, know, you wouldn't be not... where you are now if you, you know, you put in the work and it's recognized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think also we have to do a better, I mean, I'm going to speak for myself too, but all of us, I think that for me personally, and you ladies like constantly tell me, uplift me, even last night, like we had this whole combo <laughs> of me being so hard on myself. I don't know. I don't know. I may have to just become the president for me to think I deserve to be where I'm at. Because at this point, every t- it's imposter syndrome. Um, imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. Mm. Every single time I get a role, I'm like, oh my God, how did I get this? I don't think I deserve that. Mm-hmm. Am I good enough? Do I deserve to be in this boardroom? Do I deserve to be at this level of, you know, where I'm at currently? Am I good enough? So like, I am my worst critic. It's so bad. Because I constantly feel like I don't do enough someone told me recently Kayla it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I I was just laughing because I broke up with my old therapist after I left my job and I don't think she misses me but she misses the stories (laughs) Um, (laughs) 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 my imposter syndrome followed me to my current job and uh, you know I go to therapy every every like once a month I would say if not two times a month and my therapist Mm -hmm. said you know whenever I that those thoughts start creeping in on me she's like you know you have a boss for a reason too. And if you're not performing up to the standard, it's their job to tell you that. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so like that second guessing that always like creeps in that I dealt with for a really long time, like no one was ever, I don't know why, unless I just didn't hear it the right way before, but no one was ever like, no, it's your boss's job to tell you if you're not performing to standard. Like mm-hmm. that's why they make more money than you. That's why they're in the position that they're in, you know? So Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that we do have really great, um, like, work ethic, right? I think we have some of the best work ethic. And so that's where you're so hard on yourself. And we all are. I feel like we all are so hard on ourselves. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't just do you guys agree with that? I don't. Yes. No, for but sure. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not hard on myself anymore. If I'm being you have done honest. so great at that. You like have grown so much. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that. You guys hear yeah. me. Yeah. 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 Right next to me in our in our previous. Oh, I Stephanie. I own these headphones because I sat next to you. Okay, they are noise canceling headphones. (laughs) Very very hard on myself. I've been through the times where I was crying in the bathroom. I've been through the times where I was like, I should quit before I'm fired. I've been through the times where I said, I'm not smart enough. I'm not likable enough. I'm not enough. Period. I've been through all of that already. I took it into my second media job. And I felt insecure there every single day, even though I was new, even though I was trying something I didn't know, I was in more on the ad tech side and it was completely different to me. I I was doing okay or well, 
but you couldn't tell me that at the time. And after that job ended, after I ended um, my time at that job, I had to really have a conversation with myself and say, you know, you paid your dues. Mm -hmm. You're not, you're not an entry level person. You've been through the fire. I mean, we know we worked together. Mm -hmm. We went through Mm -hmm. the fire. Through the fire, what, or whatever fire. Shaka Khan said, whatever she said, we went through it. So we went through the fire, we went through the trials, the tribulations, and it wasn't a normal experience. It was almost like having five years, six years of experience in a very short period of time. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I had to get out of my head that I'm not good enough. So now when I walk into a room, and I say these things to myself out loud, that's why I don't want anyone telling me I'm cocky. I don't want anyone telling me that I have too much confidence. No, I have just enough because I've already paid, I've already proved it. I like my words can be backed by my actions. So now mm-hmm. I'm past mm-hmm. the point where I'm like I have imposter syndrome. Like I I sent that away. I don't know her. Never. Oh met my god, her. I love it, door. Stephanie. Huh? Yeah. I love it. This I love great. it. It's yeah, like, I don't it. know her anymore. And it took. It was a journey. It wasn't something mm-hmm. that happened overnight. I just had to mm-hmm. be real with myself. And I really said to myself, why do you keep saying you can't do it? You work with people who, no shade, are not that bright. You work (laughs) with people all the time who are more senior than you or more, you know, have more quote unquote experience than you that come to you for help or ask Mm -hmm. you to show them how Mm -hmm. to do something or something that's easy to you is hard to them. So I'm like, why am I telling myself I don't belong here when I'm running into five, six people who can't do what I do in half the time? Like I do their job in half the time. So I Okay, let's talk about it. That is a great (laughs) self upsell right there, Stephanie. That's how you you do it. You come to Stephanie. Okay. (laughs) And let's let's be very clear. Like I feel like when you say you could do their job, you do the job of five or six people. That goes back to us willing to do the work and learn. Because our first job in media was hella manual, okay? My second job, we had things. We had a system. I type in an order number. Anything I want is reported. I have it at the, like, click of a a button, right? But our first job, we had to do the work. We had to to learn how to pull things manually. Like, Excel, we're going to get into that. Because earlier in the podcast, I talked about lying on my resume, which I encourage you all to lie. I want to read everything. <laughs> Lie on your resume. <laughs> do what you have to do to get the job, but back up that lie. Do the work. So I think that do, being able to do the roles of multiple people stems from us having to, like, as the people say, get it out the mud. Like, we really worked our butts off. Like, all, I was personally only at my um, first media role for t- uh, 13 months, I think. I wasn't there too long after a year. But to your point earlier, it felt like five years of work because we had to learn how to manually pull resort um, reports. We had to learn how to, you know, read tags. Like, what? It's a lot. I feel like my bio should be like brand partnerships, tag special, analytic guru. You know, how to like, how to deal with office politics. Mm. That was Ooh, the that that is a whole that we need an entire episode to dive into entire that because <laughs> I feel like people don't fully understand code switching in corporate culture is a thing. We read about it, we talk about it, 
but I didn't experience that until it was happening to me. And I felt like I had to, obviously, I'm never like getting out of character in a professional setting, but I had to diffuse a situation that made me uncomfortable. This is at like the height of the um, the riots with everything mm-hmm. happening with Trump. Yeah. And I felt very uncomfortable in a professional setting. Mm-hmm. And we, we can talk about that in another episode, but I think that, you know, working a corporate job in general, when, you know, you're the minority, because not only are there not a lot of people of color in advertising, there are not a lot of women. It is male dominated. Mm-hmm. That's another hurdle that you have to get over. Yep. So once you get over that hurdle and you're like finally in your role, if you have imposter syndrome like myself, you'll never get to enjoy it. I feel like I never get to enjoy my role because I do something good and I'm like, okay, that was great. Whew, I can breathe. But was that right? Yeah. Should I mm. go over my work? Mm-hmm. I never get to fully just be in the moment and enjoy what I do. I don't know when I'll get to that point of just really like believing in myself. But like, if we're being honest, and I want to be honest because someone listening can relate to what I'm saying, it's it's a journey, you know, every mm-hmm. day. And to a lot of people who really, you know, you know, K. John A. Y'all don't really know Kayla. <laughs> and, you know, Christian, <laughs> I always say this. <laughs> K. John A. is super confident. I'm going to give you a good brunch strut after a couple of mimosas. I'm hitting the sidewalk. I'm walking towards the camera, nice and toasty. And, you know, I have a lot of personality when I'm Kajan A. Kayla is shy. She feels like she doesn't deserve to be in the rooms that she's in. And that's something I have to get past. I want to show mm-hmm. up as Kajan A every single day as a personality on social media and as a professional in the real world. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because I was just thinking of how I fell in love with you each individually. Um, <laughs> and Kayla... <laughs> What the when I first like really like you know whenever we all started you were on an island sort of away from where where I sat in the office and I heard you just like lose yourself in laughter one day and I just sat and smiled to myself like I don't know what you laughed at but just hearing you finally like come that exactly (laughs) if you don't know it was probably me probably me in my loud music while working oh my god can we please touch on that just a little bit Steph the boots in the trap music okay that's what you're known for listen that was I don't in the zone work with that music that loud I, I was like don't, don't be that girl out. like I'd be listening to the babe well I don't know him anymore <laughs> Lil baby. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I not on this podcast um, that's the only baby I recognize now Lil baby um, but I was listening to all the trap music that would like hype me up and I would get like my media plans out when I was listening to that music. I just didn't know that it was that loud outside of my head. Let me so tell I'm you sorry. from the outside looking in, it used to sound like no, get you book, right? <laughs> <laughs> I used to I used to, like literally turn my chair over like Seth, the music's kind of loud. Like at first I didn't want to say anything to you because you used to be in a rhythm. But I'm like, okay, girl, at this point, it's distracting me. <laughs> Kayla, at least she didn't take your whole monitor and like twist it to face I her. Sure Put did. fingerprints all over my screen. I sure <laughs> no, but that's where I fell in love with Stephanie. 
So we were we were seatmates for a while. We yeah. were for a long time. And she would come in to work with her Target bag and she'd say, Oh, I left for work early. So I stopped the tar- instead of coming to work early, <laughs> Stephanie goes to Target, <laughs> buys herself a new purse before work. <laughs> Listen, I, I love all of you ladies the same. However, y'all know Sarah. I was gonna say I fell in love with Sarah's passion is what grabbed my heartstrings. She came in. She came in like I'm gonna. I'm gonna kill it. My work wife Stephanie. We talked about this girl. We already talked about. I said Kayla's your work wife. I already. Oh, I thought you. I thought you said Sarah was your work wife. I'm like, girl. No, I think Sarah is your work wife. I know my place, Kayla. It's okay. (laughs) You were, you were, you were the mistress, but you were like, but Sarah is my work wife now. Boom. No, but Stephanie and I are both Ooh. married, but we're the single ones that go out and get sloshed on like the bus. Like <laughs> that, part. <laughs> that part. She's definitely your work wife now. And I'm we're the ones that go Stephanie and I are like the, the married like ladies that go to Applebee's after book club and have dollar margaritas. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's like actually a good time because one time when we that were a great time. Together, we went Absolutely. to um Real Housewives of Digital Media. Absolutely. Oh, we have to coin that. Real Housewives of Digital Media. I think we went to Jimmy's in the city. I can't do. I went. Yeah. I know. No, I know. It was all of us. And no, but the story is about Seth in particular. And this is a PG podcast, you know, so you don't Why? Why are y'all but coming for Seth- me? <laughs> That's because you're the wild child on the on the podcast right wild now. child she was like, i am 100 percent a professional thank you we're going we're going to find professional you wild child and you need to know how much money he has and to put in the sensors there um and like literally just a good time i remember like going home and being like because that was our first time we like party together yeah and normally i don't mix co-workers with friendships and drinking and like going out and like follow me. I swear I block my coworkers on social media. If you are a coworker listening to this, I'm slipping because you should be blocked. You should not know the platform. <laughs> you should not. You should not be able to find K. John A. So I'm not doing my job. But for the first time ever, I mean, I do have coworkers that you know, if it feels if it feels right, like you know, we can like kind of be friends and be coworkers. But I feel like working at that first company for the first time ever, I really let my guard down. And it was like a friendship from the beginning. Like we mm-hmm. weren't just co-workers. Mm-hmm. It was more than us just working together. Yeah. Even when like during the, the whole panorama, my mom had my cousin reach out to you ladies to invite you to my birthday party. Yeah. Listen, like, Miss Mickey. So beautiful. Her. Oh, you're talking about the time that Sarah crossed the Verizada seven times in one night. <laughs> Is that the night you're referring to? <laughs> Listen, you yeah. got there, right? You got, <laughs> you got there and you got home. Hey, right. I'm not I'm not complaining. I was just making sure we were talking about the same night. Yeah, you guys are really coming for me. Okay, and you know what? Like first of all, Kayla's cousin sabotaged me and forced me under gunpoint. To take all these shots without <laughs> No guns were involved in the I was of this completely night. finished. And Miss Mickey had to think that I have an issue. I rarely drink, but Miss Mickey thought I was a whole alcoholic because I dr- I missed my mouth when I was trying to eat my taco. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, 
we listen I'm I'm actually drinking a glass of Pinot right now. So <laughs> we whatever you do, we will never force you to drink. I think You're I am the group alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will wear the crown pr- proudly. <laughs> okay, if you wear the crown, I'll wear the tiara. Okay. <laughs> I've had a couple years on you, Kayla. I've had a couple years practice. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, and, and this brings me to like our next subject of like building your network and how mm-hmm. important it is, because if you think about it, we wouldn't be on this call right now. You know, we wouldn't be as close as we are if we didn't build our network and see like, also, I think it's important to network across. I feel like sometimes people feel like they need to go for the SVP, the director, the senior leadership team. You know, you want a mentor that's the SVP or you know, you really want to look to connect with people who are in higher positions than you. But sometimes you have to network across mm-hmm. so that you can all grow together because it's something that each and every one of you have taught me. Like, I've learned something from everyone. And if I had the mentality that I can't learn from my peers, we wouldn't be as close and my network wouldn't be how it is now mm-hmm. if I just thought I had to go straight for SVP. Mm-hmm. So how do you ladies feel about like networking and like really nurturing those relationships? I think that's such a great point. Like you don't need to have a mentor that is someone, you know, five, six steps above you. You can have someone, I feel like you guys are my mentors. Um, because when we, no, but it's true. Like when, when something's going wrong or even maybe something's going good. I mean, we have established that we talk every day, multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. Just in general, if, you know, if I think I'm going to leave my job or something, I'm like, what do you guys think? And we weigh the pros. We weigh the cons. I'm like, Mm -hmm. guys, we'll sit on it. We'll talk about it again. Like, we really sit there and we're for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what I think a mentor is. Like, you, you don't need to. I feel like there's so much pressure of finding a mentor. And it could be several people that's at the same level as you. And then maybe what will happen is you'll find someone that's maybe a little bit higher because maybe Stephanie connected me with that person. Like you never know what happens. Mm -hmm. Just be nice to everyone. I think that's the big takeaway for networking is if you're mean, if you're mean to me, I will remember it. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you mean to me, me and my homegirls will know. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then Stephanie's going to know. Stephanie's gonna so know. now my network is, they know. So if yeah. your name comes across in the interview, they're it's like, awesome. oh no, that's old girl who, because honestly, let's, let's be real, right? And I need to do a whole nother episode about this, but there are a lot of mean girls hosting mm-hmm. empowering events. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of mean girls hosting women empowerment brunches. Mm-hmm. And don't do the work outside of what they're tweeting or outside of the posts on social media. You are mean in real life, yeah. but you're on social media trying to uplift and inspire. So that like, and I always say this, no, I am not a expert in my field, but one thing, nobody, and if you say this, you're just a hater, nobody can ever say I was nasty to them when I worked with them. I am a, a mean person. I'm a Virgo, so... <laughs> The people who know Virgos know what that means. Sometimes you might catch me on the other end of the scale. But for the most part, I'm very respectful mm-hmm. and I'm nice to everyone. Whether you're yep. the janitor, the front desk, Ooh, security, whether you're the doorman, the, whoever you are, 
I am always respectful and I'm always super nice. And I talk to you and I treat you like I would treat anyone else. I, exactly. The same way I would treat the VP. So I find it so amusing. And now I'm getting off subject, but this is important. And while we're all here, let's talk about it. I find it amusing how women and men, people in general who are nasty in real life yeah. really get on social media and write books they be writing books and <laughs> you know going on workshop tours and speaking engagements talking about how they're ready to uplift the youth and be empowering and like I work with you bro I've worked with you <laughs> sis you're not that yeah. nice in real life but on social media you seem great mm-hmm. so I don't know yeah. if anyone else would like to chime in on that so I totally well, went left but no 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 I agree and I think I, networking is one of my I would say weaknesses like mm-hmm. I'm not so great at it like I'm not the type of person to go into like um an industry event and go up and shake hands and oh like who and like quiz people because I don't like people coming up to me and like quizzing me up because I feel like they're judging my worth and, it was, and maybe they're not but like that's just my insecurity mm-hmm. but what I will say is the people that I work with, to echo your point, Kayla, is I try to be kind to everyone. And everyone has their moments. Everyone has their bad days. But mm-hmm. I don't think that anyone's ever professionally broken up with me. Mm-hmm. I think that I, I love that. Professionally I, think, break up. I think that I have professionally dumped other people. Mm-hmm. But I can take pride in the fact that I don't think anyone's professionally dumped me. Mm-hmm. like I have people from jobs 10 years ago that's like do you know anybody do you like you know and I know with you guys in your jobs do you guys know any? it's because you're trusted and they mm-hmm. you know if you come um highly qualified killing it they know you're not going to bring in someone that's subpar right they're going to exactly. trust you and exactly. so I think that that speaks for itself too right yeah and and I think that that brings a good point Lee like Let's be clear. And I I want to, in 2022, I want to get into a a point in my life where I learned how to talk big girl shit. I'm grown. I can say shit. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like I downplay myself so much. But let's be clear. Every single last one of us on this, this call right now, God forbid we ended up not having a job tomorrow for whatever happens. We will have another job shortly after they know that's right yeah that, exactly. that speaks volume to the relationships that we've built in our work ethic because mm-hmm. we're always ready to just do the work yep i mean i'll go back and work at shifted applebee's before i have my dollar margarita with stephanie i mean <laughs> i'm a right. worker i am i will get the money yep. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know I, what's so important about your network and building a network like leads crazy to me that you're like I'm not one, like what networking is one of your weaknesses. Like, hello, network. Like you are director of internet. You are an international A global director. Can we talk about the people she has on speed dial? Right. Oh, listen. Leave those moments. Okay. We don't leave the people out because they high. They high up. Okay. But Lee has people and she doesn't have them because she had to beg them for a job or she was like applying on Indeed. No, she has that job because of her network. And people always think network is knocking on doors or shaking hands in a a room full of people. That's not only network. Network is word of mouth based on your work ethic.
the first part of the art of pivoting. I hope that you were able to walk away with some actionable items and really take inventory of your life, your career, and figure out how you can work towards becoming the best version of yourself. Please like, share, subscribe, and be sure to tune into part two of the art of pivoting next week.